Welcome, everybody, to the Split Six Podcast, the podcast where we split a six-pack and talk about three different topics, each over the course of one beer. I'm your host, Nick Wagella, and I'm joined today by a recurring guest, the love doctor, Amanda Renee herself, in a very brand new one, someone we've both known for the essentially our entire lives. That's right. Ashley Kelly joining the pod. Ashley, how are you? Welcome to Michigan. Welcome to the Split Six Podcast. Hey, welcome. I'm so happy to be here. Sending love and blessings to everyone listening. Sending love and blessings, and blessings to you. Peace and blessings, girl. It's you look good. Season. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you look good. <laughs> um, uh, how was your flight? Um, how was your flight without children this time, actually? Okay, so the flight was really amazing. I was reading this awesome book on dreams and <laughs> Sigmund Freud and the like synapses and everything about nerves. And then I fell asleep, right? Then I wake up. And I look over and I see this beautiful sheet of snow and I'm so excited to like land in Michigan. And then... She's coming from Houston, everybody. I land and I get on the road and I cried a little because there's so many potholes and Michigan needs to figure out what to do about those. (laughs) Our governor said that when she was getting elected, so... And the electric road. I love that. The electric road? Um... Yes, she is planning on creating the first all-electric road in Michigan in 2023. Does, does, does that mean only electric cars can drive on it? It means when you're driving on it, it will charge oh, if you shit. have an electric car. Wow. Big Gretch is always kind of coming up with It's like ideas. a wireless charger. I don't understand how electricity works that well, but um, uh, that is dope. But <laughs> she needs to worry about the other roads that have holes in it, and I'm playing fucking, like, dodge the hole or... Yeah. You know, that's why they say Michigan drivers are the best drivers, because we fucking deal with snow, we deal with terrible roads, and we are the motor city capital of, like, the world. So we have the number one rated drivers in the world. I semi-agree with that, but I also, like, driving in the mountains, have you guys driven in the mountains before? Like, Mm. it is really hard and scary. I mean, yeah, it's terrifying. Um, Amanda, (laughs) speaking of that, how are you? Oh, I'm I'm just dandy. I'm dandy, you know. <laughs> I'm excited to be back. I'm here with my people. Fun fact for all you listeners out there. Ashley, <laughs> Nick and I have known each other and have been we went to school together since we were little bitty kindergartners. And if you the, have heard of Miss Stackpool, <laughs> we were yep. all in Miss Stackpool's sixth grade class. Ah, uh, yes. Oh my Classic God. class. Was that the only class we had together? Yeah. All three of us. Wow. Yeah, because we weren't in uh, the cult of the fourth and fifth grade Miss Rose class. Oh my gosh, I was jealous. But I love Miss Leo. Wait. <laughs> we might have been in kindergarten together, but we were unclear about that. We don't remember. I was A.M. Germain. And I think it was P.M. Germain. But, and then you and I... I was P.M. Ray. Yeah, what you up? seem like a Ray person. I know. <laughs> it was the party central. Well, before we get to the first thing, yeah. um, what are we drinking tonight, guys? Oh. I got a cold-hearted Bells from Comstock, Michigan. So that's the one we're going to choose. It's a cold-hearted IPA. I don't know what that means, but it's just like one of the two-hearted family. It's 7%. It says, under the frozen lake swims a fish that's different from any we've seen before. Dry hopped with Centennial during a cold fermentation. This drink's cold IPA is crisp and refreshing with a puree of citrus aromas you'd expect. It's not bad being a little cold-hearted. Cheers, bitches. Cheers to... If you want to use this one, you can. I got it. <laughs> you Texas girl. What you doing? I know. I can definitely Just give open me a, a cowboy boot. So Ashley lived in Michigan all her life, and then she moved to Texas, and now she's a true Texan. I'm a true Texan. <laughs> this tastes very similar to a two-hearted, but... Yeah. Um, 
cold. I'm gonna try this because I don't like IPAs. We'll see how it goes. Beer number one, sport. All right. Um, uh, well, the NFL playoffs are concluding on Sunday, guys. Um, Ashley, how are you feeling about the Dallas Cowboys losing in the very first round of the playoffs? Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> you're so cute. It's okay. We're just getting prepared for next year for yes. greatness. And now that I'm going to be living closer to you're gonna Dallas, really go all Dallas, it is on, and I'm really excited. <laughs> um, uh, well, you clearly have the best team in your division, so you just have a terrible coach, in my opinion. Um. Yeah, but I'm really proud of where they got this year. Like, I think this was the best season they've had since 2015. Uh, when the last time they won a playoff game? Two, I've, 2015 I've, against the Lions? No. Was, did was, the Lions make it to the playoffs in 2015? In 2015 when the refs cheated for us to lose a game against the Cowboys, yeah. Oh, okay, that's what it was because all the other years, even though I am a Lions fan, don't get it twisted. My heart's still there. <laughs> I, you know... As you guys are talking about these sports that I know nothing about, I started to think, like, I feel like you guys have a filing cabinet in your brain where you hold all the sports information Yep. and you know all this stuff. I don't have that filing cabinet in my brain. Well, don't – your favorite sport's hockey, right? Yeah, but I, I just still – Do you remember the old Red Wings teams of yonder? Like the players? The players, what years they won the Stanley Cup? Uh, I could name the players. No, the years, No. I just you guys have like your your memory of sports is impressive. But we're we're like actual sports fans. I know you I know you uh, watch the Red Wings from time to time, but I wouldn't call you a, a like a hockey fan in general. I like hockey, but I would like is different than like being a fan of it. Wait, wait, y'all. So in Dallas, the only um, city in Texas that has a hockey team, I'm really really excited because. I'll be able to go to two Red Wings games a year <laughs> in Dallas. Yeah. And maybe I'll become a Stars fan, I'm not sure. I know, I know, um, I know. I, I wait know. a minute. Wait a minute, girlfriend. I like, know. I can understand, like, saying goodbye to the Lions, <laughs> goodbye to the Tigers, but, like, you, you're hard. Like, you're, I know, I just can't watch them every time, so I have to, like, enjoy... I want to watch hockey. That's all I want to yeah. do. I'm going to have fun. to enjoy it. I just feel like Detroit's always, no matter where I go, Detroit is always going to, like, the sports teams, like, are you, they're with me. Yeah, they're number one, for mm-hmm. sure, but I feel like I'm just going to have to, like, vibe with the stars for a little while. I don't know. Yeah. I, well, if we, if, we, if we switch over to basketball, you're going to get to be a Mavericks fan and have one of the most exciting young players that there is. I, like, feel like you like the Mavericks more than the Rockets, and I... I definitely like the Mavericks more than the Rockets. I know. I hate the Rockets. Uh, then you can come and Jalen Green talks shit about Detroit. Fuck the Rockets. I, I, I think I'm a Rockets fan more than a Mavericks. I am not a Mavericks fan. I kind of Mavericks are like in the top five of teams I like, just because I like Luka Doncic. I don't you know with basketball it's a lot easier just to root for players because you know it's a league built on star power and not really team energy since uh, it's really hard for low market teams to get free agents and to build through the draft is almost impossible. Uh, shout out to Detroit for getting Cade Cunningham. We have a chance, but um, we are also like the worst team in the league right now. <laughs> the Rockets, I thought were no. The Rockets, uh... They can't, They had a come-up, like, it was kind of wild. Well, Jalen Green started off hot, and now he's averaging, like, 12 points a game while Kate Cunningham just did something only Michael Jordan did before as a rookie. Mm. So, that's pretty exciting. I I did watch 
part of the Michigan State-Wisconsin game yesterday. Uh, college basketball, another dying sport. Yeah. And then my other thing that I watched that I kind of like is that Matt Stafford um, will be in the Super Bowl. Nice segue, Amanda. Yep, the Super Bowl is happening on Sunday. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to their third ever Super Bowl against the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. Their second Super Bowl being in L.A. with Matthew Stafford, the former Lion uh, quarterback that um, some might say great but isn't great. Um, uh, and, you know, I'm having issues with everybody rooting for the Rams based on Matt Stafford, somebody who requested a trade to leave Detroit, didn't do anything while he was here. False. He's done a lot for the for the city of Detroit. Okay, yeah. So has a, so has pretty much every athlete. Maybe the team didn't do enough for him, and that's why he made it to the Rams and is not going to the Super Bowl and yes. the Lions are still not winning. Can you take the piece like it, it take the as far as the city, he has done a lot for the city. I don't know what Like what? He, okay, so there's a a school in Detroit, I can't remember what it's called, and he helped open up this entire school for thousands of kids okay well good for him jared goff does a lot too then in that if we're going by that so (laughs) but i mean as far as the sports the lions like maybe the lions was like he's like hey i don't want to be on this team anymore i don't like these coaches i don't like my teammates and i don't like losing we have the coolest coach in the league right now actually in dan campbell he likes to bite off kneecaps of other players that's weird I mean, it's exciting. The Lions have a bright future, but that's besides the point. We should talk about the Super Bowl. Um, you familiar with um, the Cincinnati's team, their quarterback, Amanda? Because he's got some really bomb-ass swagger. No, but um, I do like... I'm, gonna, I'm still talking about the Super Bowl, but in a different way. Because um, <laughs> my, my theory of sports is always based off of their personality and not how they actually play. But I like that the city of Cincinnati is an underdog city and they're in the Super Bowl. And, like, I'm kind of mm-hmm. rooting for them because how awesome would it be for that city to win? Yeah, that franchise has never won a Super Bowl. They've been in twice before. I believe they lost both times. Um, Joe Burrow, the quarterback of uh, the Bengals, is super cool. Um, he was he actually started in Ohio State in college mm. but didn't get the starting job, so transferred to LSU and had the most immaculate college football season as just a cast-off quarterback. And then was drafted first overall in his first season, tore his ACL, um, then came back this year and made it all the way to the Super Bowl as like one of the biggest underdog stories in a while. This is actually these are two four seeds in the Super Bowl right now. So like you, the when you start in the playoffs, it's one through six, or now it's one through seven on each side. And these are two four seeds, which hasn't happened ever. This is the two lowest combination ever, I think, in a Super Bowl. Okay. So I'm impressed about the ACL because I, coming from experience, that is a very hard injury to overcome. However, I feel like for Matt Stafford coming in and what, 13 seasons he's lost? 13? Like, yep. his heart this, this is... This is his 13th season. His heart is also in that place of, like, I want to win this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to be able to prove that, like, the money that I made all these years and what I was doing wasn't going to waste. Like, I have the talent Well, for it did it. go to waste because we paid him all of it, so... Well, the Lions put that to waste, not also, him. Also, another factor into this, every game the Rams win in this playoffs, the Lions draft pick for next year gets worse. So if you are a true Lions fan, aren't you going to root for the lower draft pick? I'm, I am kind of, I'm torn because, like I said, I want the underdogs to win, which would be Cincinnati, but also yep. 
I LA is four and a half point favorites right now. I also would like Matt Stafford to win too. Like I'd be happy for him. I'm fine with him winning in two years when we don't have their draft pick anymore. Yeah, see, and you and I have talked about this on this podcast before, like this whole like draft pick bullshit. I'm like, nah. How about we just root for our team and take that component out? Because I just feel like what happened to like the whole like loyal to your team, like Yes, I am loyal win, to my lose. team. You guys are the fucking losers I've never, over here. I've never been loyal to the Lions. Who are you Wait, loyal what? to? <laughs> what are you talking? You the were just, Cowboys? You were just talking to Ashley about uh, being loyal to Detroit no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings. But the Lions, I don't give a shit. I actually don't care about football in general. So. All right, so if you get to pick, you don't care who would win the Super Bowl if you got to, if you were the yeah. almighty Super Bowl picker? I don't care, yeah. You wouldn't pick, okay, fuck off. I, well, I do think that the draft matters in the grand scheme of like, you know, it's very important. But it it appears as if no matter what player the Lions pick, they don't win. So Even I'm not really sure if it's going to make a difference. We had we got a new general manager this year, or last year, and uh, he had a pretty good draft. Um, he's got two players that would go in, at least two players that he drafted would go in the first round, and one he picked in the fourth round. And uh, Panay Sewell, our tackle we drafted, would be the consensus number one pick this year if he was coming out. Um, and we have the two pick this year. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, uh, it's still early to talk about the draft, but I mean, as a Lions fan, I am always fucking talking about the draft because that is our Super Bowl. That's all thing we ha- only thing we have to hope for. And of course, the curse of the Lions is lifting Matthew Stafford to a Super Bowl where it's going to hurt our draft pick and he's just torturing me, really. I think that um, in terms of alignment and what is going to happen is it's going to be a win-win for everyone. Oh. I think that like Stafford <laughs> is going to win, which is great and just like uplifting for us that we don't even get to do that ever, but we can kind of root for someone else. And then we might not get the first draft pick that we want, but I still think it's not going to matter because they're going to win next year, like more games than they normally do, and they might even make it to the playoffs. So well, it all way, depends. Positive. It all depends on what's going to wow. happen in our division because Aaron Rodgers is rumored to be leaving Green Bay this year. Oh, I hope so. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I'm in love with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I hate him. Oh, he's so beautiful. I heard he's a, I heard he's a douchebag. He is a, well, I mean, he is a douchebag. He is definitely a douchebag. Um, uh, but... That would leave our division completely wide open for the first time in a while because he has controlled the division the entirety of his career, which does coincide with Matthew Stafford's career. So maybe that does, um, uh, like, you know, if Aaron Rodgers was not in Green Bay for all of Matthew Stafford's career, we probably would have won the division at least once or twice, something I haven't seen in my lifetime since I've been cognizant of uh, making memories. But, um, uh yeah, it's, it, it's a, it, it is an exciting future for the Lions. Um, and um, a not exciting future for the Packers if they lose Aaron Rodgers. But they'll probably figure it out because they seem to always do. Go Which pa- the Lions do not. Ooh, I'm not a Packers fan. I'm though. not either, but um, my sister and her boyfriend, they're big Packers fans. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. They, <laughs> they have cheeseheads for sure. Yeah. Um, you know who I'm becoming more of a fan of, especially living in Texas? Um, which, like... It's not Texas, but I am really liking the Saints. Mm. Like I kind of fuck with Ooh. the Saints. A well, bit. they're they're going through um uh, a generational change too. Sean Payton left their team. He's one of the best coaches in the NFL, and this is also coinciding with Drew Brees leaving last year. So now they're in just kind of this doldrum well, of uh probably 
You know, because the Saints did used to be the joke of the league before the Lions were, um, before they got Drew Brees and Sean Payton. And now they're going to be returning to that. You know, they're all, every everyone in the NFL is under criticism, criticism right now with the Brian Flores um, uh, lawsuit against them for not actually giving black head coaches a chance to uh, – Get a, get a fair chance at being hired. And the Saints just promoted some failed coach that was their defensive coordinator up. I thought that was the Dolphins. The Dolphins actually hired a multiracial coach, but um, I don't know what his two races are. But I'm pretty sure one of them's white because he looks like a white guy. <laughs> but um, the Dolphins did fire Brian Flores when he, okay. when he had a winning record and everyone, everyone thinks of him as a great coach. Um, but yeah, the whole controversy with everything started with Bill Belichick, uh, the coach of the Patriots, texted Brian Flores, congratulations on getting the Giants job, when he meant to text a different Brian, there was another coach from his tree, um, but Brian Flores had not had the interview yet, so he was going to the interview and he got that text, as insinuating that they made their mind up before they interviewed him, yeah. and they just interviewed him to satisfy the Rooney rule, which says you have to interview at least one black head coach. Yeah, so, so maybe make, make it a mockery Ka- of the rule. So maybe Colin Kaepernick wasn't too off base there, huh? Well, and let's... He was not at all. Uh, people do that. People 100% already have their decision made before interviewing people. Mm. It's stupid. Uh, yeah, the Rooney rule is dumb and it's not working. There's, yeah. I don't, I, I don't even really know how to fix what's, what's wrong with uh, the NFL, but there should be more than one black head coach. Now there's two because Houston hired Lovey Smith. Um, I think that the problem lies with, like, uh, to bluntly put it, like, the older white generation that's stuck in certain ways, and yeah, rich white rich white owners is what it's it's rooted in. Even Jerry, but I fuck with Jerry Jones, heavy, but he's (laughs) one of those people in that category that like probably need to get a culture check and reboot, and that's what's gonna it's gonna take. People to kind of like retire, die off for that to switch. If the 100%. Cowboys want to win, they might want to uh, make Jerry Jones have a little bit less control of yeah. uh, their because he is uh, one of the only owners that's also like the GM of of their team. So he makes all the decisions, that's, and he is fucking old as shit and stuck in his ways a little bit. People don't realize like the 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 people in power, the people up top, greatly are influencing the decisions of that entire company or that entire system, you know. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's like there's changes that need to be happen, but it's got to start from the top. Yeah, and I, like, you can't, you know, there, I think there's one one uh, person of color owner in the NFL, and I believe that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I think one, maybe maybe two women owners of uh, NFL teams, and one of them's here in Detroit with uh, Sally Ford. I thought that there were a few celebrities, like, I know Jay-Z bought the Nets. Yeah, but well, I do who, who believe, we can talk about in a second. But I do believe that there was another celebrity that is, like, a part owner. Um, of an NFL team, though? Like, yeah. like this is, a, this is a, like, a problem that's, like, pretty exclusively the NFL, probably the NHL too, but the NHL is like the only league that is like entirely white players. There's very minority yeah. uh, black players. 
But the NFL is like 99% black players. I'm going to tell you right now, though, I don't really see a lot of black people just jumping up and down saying, I want to play hockey today. Oh, I just looked up yeah. NFL <laughs> owners, you guys, and they're all white guys. Except they're... for Sahid Khan, right, from Jacksonville. But, okay, I will say there might not be a lot of black um, hockey players, but I just watched a movie on Netflix about um, the discrimination that happened against natives in Canada. Mm-hmm. And it was an, actually a hockey movie where someone, like, he ended up getting put into a school where they were trying to, like, assimilate him into white culture and turn him pretty much white. Well, he was really, really good at hockey. And he ended up, like, getting up in the ranks. But he endured a lot of racism because of his culture. And I think that it probably would hit people, like, natives more than it would hit, you know, again, because black people, black people don't, like hockey often doesn't seem like it <laughs> yeah 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 i mean like hockey is you know definitely a, a northern a, a northern sport like not just in uh, like uh the united states but like in canada which is predominantly white and then like all of europe all of like russia you know all yeah all all, all, all different variants of white and uh you know it's just not like a culturally black thing to to play um but you know uh there are some the, the Red Wings have a black hockey player who's pretty good. That I forget his first name, but that Smith guy we have. Yeah, he's a he, he's cool. He's our he's like our Darren McCarty of this generation right now. Scrappy I've, and I've watched him. Oh yeah, because you and I went to that game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was fun. I did look up um some of the owners. Denise York is a female owner for of, of the Forty Niners. Okay, and then a lot of white males. Uh, it's mostly rich white males. Yeah, mostly. I mean, I do want to go yeah. to a hockey game with you both. It'd be fun. It's fun. The Red Wings are 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 coming up. They're like they're probably not gonna make the playoffs this year, but next year if they get a free agent, um, and these rookies that they have that are doing amazing start stepping it up. We're gonna be back because we got Stevie Eiserman controlling our our general managing, and oh, he's nice. I saw that. he's just uh. He's drafting some players people are questioning, and then, like, now we have Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider, who weren't supposed to be drafted when we drafted them, and they're just fucking, like, rookie all... They're going to be rookie all-stars. Yeah, I really wanted them to win when I went to the game in Dallas, and it was heartbreaking, and I was pissed. But there were... I will say this. There were more Red Wings fans and there oh. were Stars fans in that stadium, oh, and it really? was so dope. I, I love was, that. Yeah, I was sitting next to someone, and they were, like, major Red Wings fans. Well, the girlfriend mm. was a Red Wings fan, and... I didn't know at first, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Because she had like a stars shirt on. Then she unzipped, and it was Red Wings. I was like, <laughs> "I love that! Yes. I love seeing Red Wing fans like outside of Detroit and other areas." I'm like, "Yes!" Oh, Lions it. fans are pretty deep too. Like everywhere I go, I randomly see someone with the Lions hat or shirt on. I'm like, "Wait!" I know my cousins. Yeah. Too? My cousins who have, mind you, they we have their families from Michigan, but they've never lived in Michigan before. They're, they live in Vegas. They're huge Lions, all Detroit sports teams. Vegas? Especially, and they're from Vegas, but they love the Lions so much. I'm like, why? Um, Beverly Hills Cop. That, that's a big reason people like the Lions, because he was wearing a Lions coat and that. Oh, okay. Um, I believe, um, uh, well, other than the Red Wings' dominance, uh, their Ferris Bueller's Day Off 
the one of the players wears a Red Wings jacket in it, I believe, or a Red Wings jersey in it. Yeah, no, I understand. Gordy Howe, I believe. I understand the Red Wings. I understand mm. that, but the Lions part, I don't get. Well, because all, she's she doesn't even like the Lions. Who would have thought? Yeah, <laughs> I don't actually. Also, Lions fans travel hard because you know, like sports dominate the city. It's one of the it's one of the top five sports cities in the in the country. A lot of that's due because, like you know, like we have all four sports teams. Yeah. There's not a lot going on, like in terms of uh things to do. Like rather than in L. A., there's fucking stars. L. A. New York, it's all star stuff, you know. And uh, I think it's gotten better. I think there, there. You're right. Like when we're talking about cities, like mm-hmm. we are not a Chicago or a New York City or anything like that. But I think it's gotten better with the the things to do. Like Detroit's gotten. I mean, better. I love going down yeah. to Detroit, but it's not as like uh. You know, a lot of a lot of our downtown scene when it's bumping, it's because yeah. of our sports. True, very true. Or shows like concerts and stuff like that. Right. I think it's a cultural thing too, like a pride thing. Mm-hmm. Like even from like history, like when the city was really booming mm-hmm. and the music scene was popping and the auto scene was popping and like everything we had going for us, you know, and that just builds. Used to pride. call us the Paris of the West back in the day. Exactly. I agree with Detroit. that. I I totally agree with that though. Like there's like like people that are from Metro Detroit or Detroit or whatever, you're proud to be from here. Like it is, you're holding it, you're holding it together. Um, and I wanted to ask a random question to you, Ashley. How do you know how many teams are in the NFL? Do you know the answer? And I mean, I think I know, but mm-hmm. also it's from Google, so. Okay, Google it. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm truly taking a random. Guess. I really don't know. So yes, you take a random guess. Um, in the NFL or NHL? NFL. NFL. Oh shit. Okay, that changes things a little. Um, give me like a sec. <laughs> yeah, I randomly because I was when I was looking up the coaches and stuff. Oh yeah, that I was right. Yeah. So I, oh, and by the way, if anyone for all you listeners out there, I did look up the coaches, or not the coaches. Sorry, the owners. There is, they're all white males except one female. Um, 40. Less. Dang. Okay. You're close. Okay. 37? Less. Very close. 34. Less. Jeez. 32. (laughs) Yes, there's 32, and they're divided into two conferences of 16 teams each. Okay, that's what I was trying to do, except first I'm like... Let me go through each state and count the teams. I didn't know. So that's so that's that's why I didn't know there was only 32 um NFL teams. I had no idea. So when you're thinking I and then I started typing in like the team owners and stuff and I was like, "Oh, can you imagine sitting in a room full of 32 of these owners and they're all white males and then there's only one female?" Wait, I thought there was two. There's only one. Wait, is it just the 49? Wait, what about the Detroit? Uh. Are you looking at an old list? Maybe. Let me look. And what about Jackson? Well, Jacksonville's Jacksonville's got a like a, an uh, an Indian. Yeah, I I did see that. Um, but okay, so what am I looking at? Got an Indian and. <laughs> I, oh, I shouldn't say that. Owners like that. of. Well, are they? <laughs> I think they're. I think he's Indian. Saeed Khan. Yeah, Sa- Saeed Khan. Just because his no. name Saeed doesn't mean that he's from India. 
I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know if he's from <laughs> India, but I, for some reason I thought he was. But Gail Benson, Denise York, Virginia Hollis. Um, I would feel powerful AF, actually. Who is this? I would this feel book? so powerful. Virginia Hollis McCaskey. She's very old. Well, they're all very old. They come from massive amounts of generational wealth. Like from the Fords thing, like, because um, Sally Ford didn't really build Ford, um, you know, obviously. Yeah. Um, that basically, the lines are just like kind of a luxury thing that they have. And that's one of the reasons why people say that they don't the worst ownership in all of sports because they didn't they didn't really do anything. Everything was handed to them. They don't really know how to build something that they're supposed to be proud of, like a fucking football team. So we might just be in forever purgatory. Oh, this is an interesting. It says uh, their purchase price. The Arizona Cardinals were purchased for fifty thousand dollars. That would have been a great investment. I know, and that was in. 1932. In 1920, the Chicago Bears were bought for $100. <laughs> Yo, but 50K in like the 1930s is yeah. stacks. It, it, they, Air, Air, where was Arizona before? Because there wasn't a franchise there for a while, I believe. I don't know. The New York Giants were bought in 1925 for $500. Mm-hmm. In New York? Jesus. We got we to gotta pick a sport that's about to come alive yeah, we just, and buy a team. Let's just fucking buy a team. Houston Shit. is um, thinking about getting their own hockey team. Oh. Straight up. Houston? Houston is looking at getting a hockey team. Okay, well, that is going to be out of our price range, I'm afraid, because that would probably be probably that's an cost an upcoming up. team. Well, we can talk I'm, to Tillman for Tita. I'm talking, I'm talking about an up-and-coming up sport that's going to turn into something big. Now that one has happened in the last 50 years, but um, everyone's pretty much set be. in their ways. I'm, I'm looking. So the most expensive one like was the most recent buy, which was um, in 2014. Well, let me try to guess who this is. Wait, if we were to do something like that, I think it would have to involve <laughs> gaming through the yeah. metaverse. We, I mean, we probably could. Like, if there's some of, like, sports games or something, or, like, teams through the metaverse, because I believe mm. everything is going to go to the metaverse in some what form or fashion. What is this? Um, it's like... It's like Oculus. But everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, virtual? Yes, like, Facebook has just released their version of the metaverse. Meaning, like, everything that you would look at is kind of like an avatar type. Yeah, I can show you because I have an Oculus. You know, it's like part of me, like, is so curious about these things that you people talk about. But (laughs) (laughs) the other part is, like, do I want to know? It's happening, though, but that's where we're going to make our money. Like, uh, I found out what Wordle was recently. I was like... People keep posting these weird things on Facebook, and it's Wait, what like is Wordle? they're like Wordle two hundred and forty six slash six, and then they put all these boxes, and I'm like, what is this? Wordle's awesome? It's it's basically a puzzle thing people do online. Yeah, it's basically you have six guesses to guess one word, um, that mm-hmm. one five letter word. I want to play. All right, go to Wordle.com. It's not even an app. Yeah, it's not an app. It's Wordle. Did you guys do your Wordles yet? I didn't. I'm gonna do it today, but. I as All right, a, well, let, let's do this at the start of the entertainment segment because it kind of kind of goes into that. Okay. Um, uh, but before we move on, um, uh, so you guys are both picking the Rams over the Bengals, right, for the Super Bowl? Yeah, I got 50 on it, so um, please help. I'm rooting against you. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm indifferent. I did buy some squares slash Ty bought them for me. 
Um, I really don't care. I just want to win money. Okay, I'm not asking you who you want to win. I'm asking who you think's going to win. Oh, Rams. Uh, you think the Rams with a very stacked team? Let me ask you this question. Do you, yeah. How many quarterbacks do you think put on that team would be in the Super Bowl right now? Because I think... I can't answer like, that there question. Is, there is 15 other quarterbacks that could be on this team and be in the Super Bowl because how stacked it is. And everyone's giving Matthew Stafford all this praise. I'm very salty about it, if you guys can't tell. I literally... I don't even know how many quarterbacks... Like, how many quarterbacks are on a football team? Usually like two to three. Okay. 32 teams. Yeah. Gotcha. I don't know. I feel like I can't answer that question. I don't know enough about sports. Do you think Dak Prescott on uh, the Rams would win, would be where the the Rams are right now? Because I'd rather have Dak Prescott than Matthew Stafford. Hold on to that. Keep saying that. Okay. I'm loving that. (laughs) Um, I like Dak Prescott. I don't... He's a good quarterback. I like my favorite is uh, what's his name, Ezekiel Elliott though. Like, Ooh, I hate him now. <gasps> I just because I have his backup Tony Pollard, who is clearly better than him in Dynasty, and uh, also I think the Cowboys would have done better if they would have used uh, Tony Pollard instead of Ezekiel Elliott all year. But that's what happens when Jerry Jones pays a running back and doesn't want to be wrong. No, he's yeah, you're right. You you're can right. tell how much better and more spark Tony Pollard had the whole year. A lot better, but there's definitely some running backs wear out. They wear out. Beer number two, entertainment. It's okay. You don't don't feel pressured because I'm on number one. I don't. You can ever also listen get another Budweiser if you want it. I haven't finished the second okay. or the first. One. I have two open, and I'm almost done with one. I'm so glad so the sports segment I'm ready is done. For entertainment. <laughs> Entertainment's my favorite. All right. Um. Uh, my friends, start your wordles. Let's see if you guys okay. can figure it out. Can you guys hear me on this thing? Check, check, check. Yes. Okay, wait. I didn't even, like, All right, do do? who's going to win? Hurry wait, up. Wait, 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 wait. I don't even know what to do. Okay, so you're going to guess a word that's five letters, and it's going to either gonna be black, yellow, or green. If they're black, they're not in the word. If they're yellow, they're in the word, but in the wrong position. If they're green, they're in the word, but in the right position. You don't okay. have to tell her. She'll get it. Wordle was recently purchased by the New York Times, and this app was originally created by somebody for his friend that wanted another word puzzle game. And now everybody's worried because this game has been free. It's been uh, not an app, and it's uh, the guy that bought it said he would never turn it into something that would make money or steal your data or put ads. But now the New York Times bought it for a six-figure amount. People are worried that the Wordle craze might end. And if the New York Times does do something like this, it will end. So hopefully they are smart enough to continue it going like this just so we can keep posting our little fun squares online. And me and my brothers text each other every day our Wordle scores. Do you? Uh, Ty texts me his scores. I'm not very good at it. Well, they give you your, at the end, they do give you your uh, statistics, which um, don't ever clear your cookies. Amanda, it looks like you're not doing too well. I mean, you know yellow means it's not in the right place, right? I know. Oh, yellow means it's not in the right place? <laughs> yeah, it looks like... I only have found two letters. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And Oh, and the fun thing is that you can only play it once a day, and everyone in the world gets the same word. So... Yeah, that is cool. It's It makes it a... You know, it's not something that's going to like... Like TikTok that's just going Ashley, to... Actually, how you do it, I'm, I'm losing... I don't want to talk about it. Um, hey, 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 
I have two letters. I just need to figure Entertainment. Out. Well, while I'm doing this, I wanted to talk about something ridiculous. Okay. I want to talk about this boy named Nick Cannon. You guys hear about him? <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cannon, famous from Wildin' Out and uh, Drumline and other things. Yeah, Nick Cannon was. <laughs> no, Nick Cannon, famous for having eighty-five eight babies. Kids. Eight kids. Eight kids. No, okay. I think it's more than eight kids. No, it's eight, huh? And I looked it up, and guess what? The last four kids that he had, he had in the past fourteen months. Do that math. He had four kids. Oh, Mariah wow. Carey fucked him up. He had four kids with four different baby mommies in 14 months. Um, yeah, he has also said that he wants to spread his seed as much as possible, which, you know, I understand as a man, that instinct. But uh, I don't understand that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, you you, you got to reach a certain point. Yes. You know? I, I believe he's on record saying he wants to have like 20 kids. Well, he, he after this, there's been a lot of things. He said he's celibate now and he's been celibate for a while. Okay. And then somebody bought him as a joke a condom vending machine. And Ooh, <laughs> vending machines. Now you're talking my language. And he, post, he posted right next to it. It's a condom vending machine. I'm like, yeah, he's a fucking idiot. He said he's celibate now. But, um, and he has, um, a set of twins with one of the baby mamas. Um, one of his kids out of the eight died. Mm. And is that why I asked Google how many kids you have? And it says seven now. Yeah, one of his kids died as a baby, and Ooh. that was in the past, like, 14 months. So he, he's... Sorry, my woo was to, I just opened a, a different one of these yeah. two-hearted, and... Uh, so he's just getting all, all sorts, like, he's just out of control. I'm like, clearly, you just, your semen is just getting people pregnant, so stop. Well, just I think stop. it was intentional. Like, that's, I think, the... I don't think it was he didn't accidentally have these kids. I think he wanted to have as many kids as he could have. Um, which which begs the question: If you have uh, a bunch of children all around the same time with uh, different people, are you going to be able to um, uh, nurture them as much as you should? Or... That's the argument. I kept reading stuff about that. No, no, um, it's because of the like distance. But but with enough money, you probably could. I mean, no. you have to fly to a new place every day. Like, yeah, that like would be challenging. You're not a suit. Like, yeah, you could have all the money in the world, but we're not octopuses. We're not super women. Like, like there, there's things you got to do to take care of a kid. If Nick Cannon wanted to have a kid with you, <laughs> don't tell Amanda. Don't tell Amanda. Don't let her look. I won. I got how many, it. How many? How many did you get it in? I didn't get it yet. Um, I don't know, six times or whatever. Okay, so you pushed the limits right there. That was your last guess and you got it? I got that my last guess. But it was my first time playing. Yeah, well, good job. You were at 100% success rate then. Yay! Under, unlike me, I'm struggling. Well, Amanda is notoriously bad at um, uh, brain games. You should, I, I you, you should try to play chess with her. Oh, I, yeah, chess is bad. <laughs> um, I do believe... Oh, I love chess. I do believe that if there's an age difference... Um, some children might be alright if their mother or father isn't seeing them all the time but it's really like quality of life for the children and like you know is it worth it to have all those kids if you can't take care of them or can't spend time with them or like watch them grow up you know it's like 
It's literally almost selfish just to have kids just because you want to produce more offspring. It 100% it is, it is, is selfish. selfish. Yeah, it's 100% selfish. And also, like, he he's not taking care of these kids. He's fucking hiring nannies for all these women and giving them money. To, you, you could yeah. argue that that is kind of taking care of them, you know? No. Not emotionally, but, like, they're not... They're never going to be um, poor. Get, hiring a nanny for your kid is not taking care of your kid. Well, all right. Well, uh, old, <laughs> some people think, old, like, an old school thought, like, all you have to do is make sure that they survive. And in, and in that regard, he is doing it. If like, Nick Cannon wanted to have a kid with, with, with each of you guys, and you guys both know Nick Cannon's having a kid with, the, with both of you, how much money would it take? For him to... to impregnate me yeah and you have to carry the kid no i'm not doing it okay not even for um uh no. 100 trillion dollars no nope. be the richest person in the nope. world well that's irresponsible in my opinion why <laughs> because you would have so much money to fix the world yeah but money money in like my scope of things you could cure m- world hunger no i would do it um only because <laughs> for well i want the money <laughs> But I would also do it because there's, like, so many ways that I could get around him actually being the father. Like, there's a lot of, like... You can still get your... Deadbeat dads out there anyway, and they, like... They're not giving you um any money that I'm dollars. asking you guys that you guys would want. Shit. Sign me up, Nick Cannon. I got you. I, <laughs> I got just, you. I just love how I'm like, no, absolutely not. And you're like, I would do it. <laughs> would you do it for $100,000? Amanda, you clearly wouldn't do it for any amount of money. I would not do it for a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, would you Too do low. it? Would you do it for one million dollars? Well, one million was the first number that came to mind. Okay, I was like I would consider that, but that's if you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, that is literally only ten years of that. Oh, I mean, you could invest a hundred thousand dollars immediately into something. A million, yeah, but not a hundred thousand dollars. You can you could you could invest it into stocks or um, uh, you could buy a business. You know, you could. You can find a way to make... Uh, yeah, you can turn the 100000 into more. Into, like, complete security. Yeah. Which yeah. is what I think any kid probably needs more than a father figure from their dad. Like, just, like, you can Wait, have... Wait, no. They need a father figure first. I, I don't know. I, I was raised with a very strong mo- mother figure. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, not that my dad wasn't there, but, like, he wasn't there as much as um, uh, my mom was. Ah. Uh, but I do believe that, like... You need the masculine energy. Like, I think girls and boys. I How think- am I going to give a kid masculine energy? The lions? <laughs> like, I. I, I, I you I, have. Ma- you, are, you are masculine yeah. energy. We all are. It's just different degrees of, like, right. what but is I think, what. I think my, my thing lies more on the feminine side than the masculine side. Doesn't matter. Well, but. Oh, you're I, saying it does wait, matter. Wait, wait, wait. But through our journeys in life as we understand who we are and we evolve parts of ourselves become more I get gayer and gayer as the time goes on Ashley (laughs) (laughs) masculine gay folk out there 10 years ago that's true Ashley probably wrote about it yeah (laughs) look in the Sean time capsule it's probably Um, documented Nick's looking a little (laughs) gayish oh god All right, my friends so we cannot forget why we are all brought here together today. <laughs> Love. Love. In honor of Valentine's Day. And Jesus Day. Christ. 
Uh, you know, in the month of February, it's always important that we have a little reunion with the love doctor. So. And also, you know. Valentine's Day is around the corner. Do history on Black History Month. <laughs> and the Lunar New Year. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we always have to talk about that. But with Absolutely. love. With through love. Through the love doctor. You're right. You're right. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and then we also have to, like, call out, like, how there's um only like two female owners in the NFL and yada yada yada. So we did all sorts and of And no black owners. No black owners. Well if you can this year guys buy take one day, one day to buy black black owned everything. Okay. If you could take one day and look up everything you need, if it's gas, if it's food, if it's a magazine, if it's whatever it is only purchase things through black businesses. That is my, you know, request. Okay. I love that. Month. I will attempt to That do should that. be like a day. Well, it should. It, it well, is we, a whole month. Well, we do have a month, but we got short. Like, no, no. Days. It, yeah, we do have a whole month, but I also feel like they're like one of the days should be like. Yeah. Like yeah. by. By black yeah. owned. All right. So um, our listeners submitted some questions, but I wanted to just like recap for a minute. We have, um, every time I've been on here, we've had kind of like different themes. Mm-hmm. For We're, Amanda being the love doctor. Yeah. So, Put on your love doctor accent. Hey, everybody. What was my accent? I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I was just hoping you would uh, make one up. Hey, guys. How you doing? <laughs> ASMR over here. <laughs> um, the first time I think I got, came on here, we were talking about probably... I don't really remember, but I'm assuming we're talking about, like, being in a relationship. And then at one point, I remember us talking about breakups. At one point, I remember us talking about dating apps in that situation. Um, and now we're talking about... And we might have done one more, but today, I wanted to switch things up. And we're going to talk primarily about loving yourself. Because you know it's always important that we treat ourselves. So, a listener submitted a few questions. <laughs> I do have a couple, like, Valentine's Day, like, relationship questions. But um, primarily, we're going to be talking about how we love ourselves, okay? All right. Well, um, Amanda, how are you loving yourself? Ooh, I like this question. So, um, there's a lot of different, like components of self-love like you can self-love yourself by like taking care of yourself going to the doctor brushing your teeth getting enough sleep exercising yada 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 but like i'm gonna tell you like my like sweet treat that i do to love myself so either before work or after work most of the time it's after work sometimes it's both i get myself of Tim Hortons coffee, iced coffee, one cream. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> That's my self-love. And if I have a bad day, you want to know what? I get one before work and after work. <laughs> I'm like, if everything in life... I, don't, I, think you're, I think you don't understand self-love. You just think it's material possessions. <laughs> no. Well, okay, think about the love languages, right? Mm-hmm. So you know how there's five different love languages, uh, gifts... Quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch, and words of affirmation. 
So that affirmation, affirmation, those five love languages can be applied in a lot of different ways. Uh-huh. It can be applied to your relationships with your partner. It can be applied to your relationships with your kids. It can be re- applied to your students, to your parents, to your grandparents. Your dog. Your dog and yourself, my friends. So well, I would, what's your love language? Well, it's always been quality time. I'm wondering if it's changed because I haven't taken the quiz in a long time, but it's always been quality time. What's okay. yours? Mine is words of affirmation. Okay. What's yours? Um, definitely quality time. Like, that is really important um, to receive. Like, I love the reciprocity of it, but I also love being able to give that. Um, but I like low key physical touch is like sleeping in to the to the to the mix. I'm feeling like I've neglected that piece of love for so long and I feel like I actually need to heal some of the inner trauma that I feel like I have with what physical touch means. And I think once I become more like acquainted with it, um, I think there'll be like more of a balance between what these love languages are and how I can like give and receive them and understand when like when to give certain pieces of love at certain times yeah no i i definitely i hear you um and i think going back to the love languages you can absolutely have like a primary and a secondary but it can evolve as we as people do and um like let's say you you know the words I haven't gotten any words of affirmation in years or whatever you know that can gradually sneak up and be the love language that I need yeah I used to think my love language was physical touch and at one time it might have been um but that has diluted a lot now my secondary would probably be acts of service yeah mine I don't actually maybe it's gift giving now my second one I don't know but I mean it's always gonna be words of information that's that's how I feel the most loves when somebody tells me how good I am (laughs) (laughs) Nick I want um I want a handcrafted gift from you okay that's the piece of my love language that I'm missing okay so you you need uh, me to do a gift giving I need um something very close from the heart Oh, you want a sentimental gift? A sentimental. Oh, she wants a Valentine. She wants me to write a song about her. Ah, song, drawing, poem. So we letter. were short story. We were talking about ways <laughs> that sculpture. <laughs> yeah, I'll, all right. Let me just go make a sculpture for you. <laughs> ice sculpture. Can you work on that ice sculpture for me in the back, please? I mean, it's it's. We could make a snowman tonight. Oh, the kids were so cute today. Um, they. We're outside and making... There was like 15 different snowmen. Amanda doesn't made. actually have children. They just live in her head. Yeah, they live in my head. And they were so <laughs> No, it's fine for all you listeners out there. I do work at a school. I am an educator. Oh, and yet we can't use your last name. But all of the little kids were so great. <laughs> and this snowman <laughs> was playing with that one. <laughs> You guys should hear. I'm not crazy. You guys should hear me. You, I wish you guys could. <laughs> I wish you guys could hear me teach. I stand up from from the kids. I'm like, all right, kids. I'm sure all these real kids could really like to hear you teach too, because you're not a teacher. Oh, I do go in the class and teach. Oh, do you? Yeah. So today. What do they put on social workers these days? Today, no joke, you guys. I'm Mrs. not. Mrs. Coach never taught. I'm not kidding, you guys. Today I went in with a puppet. 
And I taught the kids with, with my puppet. puppet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You guys would die if you saw what I did. The over here, like, all right, we need to build a snowman and just like <laughs> I went we gotta in. Relieve some stress I went that in puppet. with Mr. Shell today, and I had Mr. Shell. All right, kids. Let's learn about the listening rules. Okay. Have you learned how to, like, uh, do the ventriloquism? Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, but the funny thing is I wear a mask now because I have to wear the mask at work. Oh, that makes ventriloquism so much easier. It makes it so, it much, so easier. much easier. That's so, a good comedy joke, yeah. actually. So the kids the kids were like, that's, that's you making the voice. And then they're like, wait, is it? I don't know. Like, they literally did not know because I was wearing the mask. I'm like, you guys, I'm not even changing my voice. It's exactly the same. <laughs> Idiots. It's your twin. You know, detention for all of you. Yeah, it's a twin. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I go and teach into the classes once a week, and I look absolutely ridiculous when I do it because I'm, like, very, like, animated and make it, like, super cheesy and, like, all right, kids, show me with your hands how you're feeling today. Are we not so good in the middle or awesome? Wait, I want to see the most, um, like, underwhelmed reaction that you ever gotten from a kid. Underwhelmed? Um, I, I mean, mostly the fifth graders. The fifth graders fall asleep. Like, they hate it. <laughs> yeah. The fifth graders are like, shut up, Miss Walker. Like, uh, today... Oh, yeah. name revealed. Oh, yeah, my name revealed. But, yeah, no, the, I mean, the underwhelmed is the fifth graders. Like, they're like, I don't need this. Why am I in this class? This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but the, Show me with your fingers how you feel. <laughs> right here. <laughs> and, but, I, but I stick with the little guys. I stick with K1 and 2, and they think I'm... <laughs> they're my friends. They think I'm a celebrity. They think... I'm like, oh, and then I'm going to go on about my job for one more minute, and then I'll stop. Um, so we have a dog that's, he's not, he, I mean, he's kind of a therapy dog, but he's at our school, he's, and it's a school psychologist dog, and uh, we bring... He's not real. <laughs> no, he is. He's kind of a dog. <laughs> not exactly sure. And then I took the dog out. <laughs> and we bring the dog, or I bring the dog down for, like, indoor recess or outdoor recess for the kids. So they think I'm, like, the celebrity with the dog. So, like, I'm, like, really cool at this school. Let me tell you. <laughs> you are exactly cool enough for school. I'm just, like, I've never been so popular in school in my life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, also, a little side note. Amanda and I were always last place in every single sporting activity at Cleveland yeah, Elementary it was so School. Sad. For everyone that went to that school that's listening. Yeah. Um for all you Cleveland listeners, like why did Ashley and I always have to be the last pick? We were the last picked. We were like everyone else is already in the classroom. And we're still doing laps trying to get the mile run out, like in the field. I think we answered the question of why you guys were the last no, picked. We were good. It was an yeah. accurate draft. No, it was not. Because here's the thing. I, I didn't see our soccer skills. I though. play soccer. I'm on a softball team. I'm the assistant coach. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like it was not accurate yes i did get caught from basketball when i was in middle school so that was not my strength but um everything else okay track and field isn't my strength either but soccer we're pretty good at soccer 
We were really awesome at soccer. What soccer team were you guys on? <laughs> the recess soccer team. <laughs> oh, yay! <laughs> Dude, when I got those goals in between those two tree stumps, ah! that was always awesome. We were, I think it was like, what, I don't know what grade it was, but it was the recess. Fourth grade. Fourth grade recess soccer. But and then, and then I continued to play in high school. I was in the high school team. Then I did like indoor and all that, yeah. Yeah, we were supposed to do it soon, but we're not. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I was terrible at sports too. I'm, uh, a lot of it was, I'm not naturally untalented on, at, at things. I just get really nervous when anytime a little bit of pressure comes my way. Yeah, that anxiety. So how do you feel when you have to get up to bat in softball? Oh, God, terrible. It's hard. I, I always make sure to like take my med- medication. I'm like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> That is probably like 15 I'm like, I'm like literally dead right now. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. 100%. The first, I think it was well, the... Well, baseball's the worst for that because yeah, like, there's, there's the not constant real. action. Like every other sport, there's constant action, so no one's going to notice if you fuck up. But batting in baseball, it's like, damn. Or even when like the ball comes out to the outfield, I can't fucking catch the ball. I, nor- I could. <laughs> I'm just honest. Okay, I think it was like the first year or two I was on softball I was not on meds and I was like (laughs) oh my god I'm so anxious I'm gonna try to skip this team game I can't do it and then and then I got on the meds I took the meds and then I I got up to bat I was like oh I feel so much man I got on meds for fucking for fucking beer league softball (laughs) (laughs) and look where I am now look where I am now assistant coach moral of the story Take as many meds as possible to get you through life. She's assistant coach now, and just so everyone knows, that doesn't mean she's just the assistant coach. Oh, I'm also the scorekeeper? <laughs> she plays still. Sometimes. Uh, uh, never mind. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she just did get demoted. No, yeah, like sometimes. I most I mostly play, but sometimes I respectfully step down to be the scorekeeper. <laughs> Let out, let someone else get Sometimes they play catcher, but Jenna sometimes really wants to play catcher, so I, I I'll be the scorekeeper. Sometimes I play the outfield. Sometimes um I've played second base before. Um and I did help our team win the softball championship in the fall. Did you cheat when you were keeping score? Is that how you helped? No, I played. Good congratulations. Yes. Good job. Proud of you. So um going back to my ridiculousness, uh I, I'm just going to switch things up for a minute. When did we leave your ridiculous to be honest? <laughs> Valentine's Day is coming up, if you didn't know. I want to talk to you guys about Galentine's Day and Guyentine's Day. Is that what it's called, Nick? I mean, no. I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's a thing that people do. So when do you guys think, because I heard this on the radio, but when do you think Galentine's Day started becoming a thing? Um, once, um, when social media came along and enough women realized that they're lonely and single and they don't have a man um, or a female to accompany them on Valentine's Day. They don't have a lover. And uh, everyone got to be on social media together where they realized, like, we should do something because we don't have lovers. Oh, so probably like five years ago. You're, I mean. You are correct. It was five years ago. Did you do research? But, um, <laughs> but Galentine's Day, actually, it probably originally originated with, um, like, if you didn't have a significant other, blah, blah, blah. But now it's more turned into, like, 
Now it's just uh, women-centric, right? Well, yeah. Now it's turned into whether you have a boyfriend or not, you're just going to get together with your girls and have a great day time. So another excuse to have a girls' night that excludes Nicholas. Correct. Yes. So I wanted to know, like, like what about the Galentine's Day? Is that a thing? No. It's not Why a thing. not? Why do you guys think that there's a Galentine's Day and not a Galentine's Day? I think guys are um, uh, more prone to just calling it as it is and not having to make a label on it and just like you guys want to have a guys night yeah girls are all about the labels and the social media let's take pictures yeah i mean it shouldn't be exclusive because i'm all i'm all about that shit too which is why it's annoyed annoying that i'm not invited to something that apparently you are claiming is gender neutral um uh but i i mean i'm i'm just i'm more so like wondering why um I think probably masculinity and toxic masculinity um, over the course of like, you know, like with a lot of guys, you know, like I used mm. to be like, so I'm going to do this a little bit of toxic masculinity, like no girls allowed or whatnot, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm actively trying to get girls into my fantasy football league. And um, uh, I, I, I just, I, I care more about gender parity now. Um, but, you know, it's guys just, you know, I don't know. It's just always been a thing for some reason that needs to die. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you, you, girls are way more into social. Most girls are more into social media than guys. I know, like there is exceptions, but mm. what is your opinions <laughs> on guy, guy and Day, Valentine's Day, Ashley? If I tried to have a guy and Tines Day with the guy friends, I would probably have only your well, roommate Mike. Maybe Mike and maybe my gay friends and. That might be it. Yep. Maybe Mike Wells. Oh, we already said Mike Wells. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, are you saying because of toxic masculinity, there isn't a guy in Times Day? I'm saying that uh, I don't think a lot of uh, guys would go for it. Now, I don't, I don't even know if it's because of toxic masculinity. I think it's more because they would just, I mean, at least in terms of my friends, would be like, this isn't necessary. Yeah. I, I think girls just we like, already and, we, and being in the love circle we already do tell each other that we love each other openly when we talk on the phone so um I think I had a like real pause because at first I kind of was like well maybe it's a toxic feminine thing to actually feel the need to like portray you know this very capitalistic holiday in such a way like that's mm. that's how I look at it from that perspective but then I kind of thought about it further and I actually think it's really positive because a lot of times women are always competing yeah. with each other for like whatever it is beauty all these things and now you know you're seeing more of like oh this is my tribe oh let's do this together like girls day this or like we're gonna you know it's like empowering in a way and I think um whoops that's where it comes from. I think it's like kind of more of an empowerment. Um, and I hope it's not social media based solely. But yeah, I mean, why not share like those amazing things with people like all of your friends are together doing something with the ladies. Like, you know, that's not always how it's been. Yeah. I, yeah. I am. I, I, um, I, I, I uh, just I, I suffer from extreme FOMO. So I think Valentine's Day is a really cool thing. I'm just jealous that I can't be invited to it. But I understand. <laughs> yeah no i i like group activities you know like i I think that's that makes everything so much more special when you're doing things in like a group of, i do too uh, and i i like when there's like a plan too. like i don't know like 
when when there's an event that I'm going to, like, oh, I'm going to, like, this bar or whatever. I don't know. I just like it when it's more planned. Mm-hmm. So, for me, I'm like, oh, like, this is cool. Like, there's a title. There's a, an agenda. There's things to do. I'm like, okay. I like an amendable plan. Yeah, and I'm, I'm cool with that, too. But, I mean, you guys know this about me. But, like, when I'm at a party and there is nothing, like, I don't know. Socializing is hard. Yeah, well. I'm, I, um, I feel the opposite. I know so you so do. It's, easy it's for hard me. for me. I'm like the white. <laughs> Fear number three. Amanda, Amanda can't even get through a, um, a, a sentence without somebody interrupting her, apparently. <laughs> Wait, I love some of these. I love the love doctor. Though. I know. We didn't even get it to your oh. show off topic. Let's read them. Read a question, Ash. Before we start talking about Joe Rogan. All right. Oh, yeah. yeah, let me let's talk about love before I go. We need in. to talk about love. Um, we need to talk so about. So I think one of the best love doctor questions. Yeah. On this list. What are our listeners want to um, hear? Amanda, you're the only one that calls um uh, when you're talking to our listeners. So I really I really appreciate that. We have so many listeners. We have so for, many followers. For, for all of you listeners out there. For all what? for all two of you in Belgium that listen every week, I, please write we me an email. We have lots of listeners. They and they are rooting for the Love Doctor to I mean, come this back. Is, this is episode one hundred ninety two, so I yeah. have really failed in making this a thing. But um, you did not fail, Nick. Why do you, why would you say you failed? Look at this. What does you did self, not fail? What does self love mean to you? I really want to hear your thoughts, oh. and I'd like to share. Self love. Um, Amanda, like, Amanda said when you were in the bathroom, it's about her getting Tim Hortons coffee. Oh no, no! You said, "What do I do for self love?" And one of my examples was getting my Tim Hortons before or after school. That's my self love. Have a and I, and I said that doesn't count. Uh, it does because that could be my gifts for myself. But anyways, oh yeah, we did. What? Right, never mind. What self love means to me is like gifts for yourself understanding who I am as a person, understanding my strengths and weakness, forgiving myself when I make mistakes, um, allowing myself grace, taking care of myself, putting myself first, prioritizing myself, loving myself. For me, I would say when everyone else tells me I'm being crazy or chaotic or um, shouldn't do something the things I'm doing or shouldn't say some of the things I'm saying knowing that I want to do these things and I want to say these things and kind of kind of pushing out the haters is my kind of self <laughs> do like, what you want to do yeah I, 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 I like who I am mm-hmm. and I like what I do um, and uh, regardless if it's not socially acceptable in most situations or um, certain times as long as I'm not hurting anybody else I don't care and I like it yeah that's right. my that's that's I, that's my like self talk to self reassuring myself when uh feels like everyone else isn't. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just like I don't care what other people think. Unapologetic. Yeah, as long as I'm as long yeah, as long as I'm unapologetic and genuinely myself. Authentic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like as long that. as I'm it, it, with the exception like sometimes I will do stuff that maybe will will hurt people that I don't I don't never intentionally do it but like I have to amend that a little. Yeah, bit. of course. We all make mistakes, and we all we all make mistakes, and have to for have to apologize mm-hmm. and hope that the other person forgives us, but then also forgive ourselves for the mistakes that we make. 
Yeah, Ashley. So I love both of your answers. I think that embodies a lot of what I think of self-love. Um, <clears throat> lately, self-love has been, for me, honoring my own energy, honoring my aura, and protecting that. And I think a lot of that comes with like the boundaries that I have to place. And for me, boundaries can be something as small as like not having anxiety when I say no to something, right? Or um, not overthinking if I let someone down in some way, right? It's just like really honoring the decisions I make. And then also being present with like the version of myself that I am, right? Like whatever version that is in this moment, like sitting here, that's, I'm giving myself full permission to love that piece of me and the parts from my past built me into the like journey of who I am now and then the parts of my future I don't even want to worry about so much that because I'm so like present and loving who I am and taking care of myself and like deepening into like what my body needs if that's sleep or if it's food or if it's exercise or if it's love you're like saying those things and owning that and like actually like doing what I need to do to create that for myself yeah no, I, I like how you said you're not even thinking about your future and stuff. Like, you're just living presently. Because I, I can agree to that, too. Like, I rarely, like, think about future far ahead. I'm, I'm, it's like you got to think about the present. Like, yeah, once in a while you can think about the future, right? Like, I think that once in a while, like, that's okay. But, like, 90% of our time should be set, spent thinking about where we are right now and everything you do like today like on the plane <clears throat> it was super simple I was reading and I was so into my book and I'm like oh, I just want to read more I was on like really little sleep and I'm like no like I'm tired and I need this first and when I got off the plane I was like okay first thing I know I need for myself is water right and I need to just like breathe for a second and take everything in and then figure out what the next step is and not like sidestepping what I what my base core line is for anything else yeah and even with children I think it's hard for a lot of parents to be able to embody their own self-love while raising children as well mm -hmm. and it's like a journey that I'm really trying to make sure I like harness so I can teach my kids to love themselves amidst everything right absolutely absolutely it's so important i i think about i don't know why i randomly thought about this so but it's related in college during finals week i show off I, i'm not showing off i know i'm just kidding sorry um sometimes this podcast is a little bit of comedy amanda okay i know but i you know sometimes i get really insecure about it about but going to college like I'm not trying to show off. Yes. But anyways, um anyways, I I was a nerd in college and I I like when it came to my academics, like I literally that was that was it. That was the only thing that mattered. Everything else got pushed to the side. So during finals week, I was a fucking crazy person. I did not sleep. I did not eat. I did not shower. I did not move. That's what that smell was that all her roommates were talking about. So, like, I literally was a psycho. I would sit in a room at, with all my books laid out everywhere. 
And I would just like study, 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 not stop, not stop for like that whole week. And I just think about that. I'm like, what the hell was I doing? Like, I was not like, I, I know I knew in my head like, like that was my priority, but it really did not help me because guess what? That, that um, week that I went psycho and was studying all that time, I ended up puking. I had to, I failed one of my exams because I ran out of the room and puked in the bathroom and they wouldn't let me finish it. So. <laughs> she made friends with little kids that make snowmen. <laughs> so anyways, that's my little story about how I did not take care of myself in college and it did not yeah, well, help me. It, it sounds like the reason is you let the pressure build up too much on you because you were, sounds like you were really afraid of failure. Oh, I still am. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I, which, which you shouldn't really be afraid of as long as you're like doing the right like i mean it's not something that i'm like uh you know like i don't i don't have a shield against that like i am terrified of failure that's why i don't do a lot of the things as as as, yeah. as much as i as i should um so i get that and uh uh kind of just that this is the part of my self-loving is uh being like okay well it's okay to be afraid of failure <laughs> and, and, and it's uh, it's okay to um uh like it it's probably better for you to not uh, put your body through that. Oh, yeah. If that's something you can't handle. Well, well it's yeah. like a, um, I, my very first boyfriend um, taught me, well, not my first, but the one that really, the, the first one that really mattered, right? My brother. <laughs> oh, gosh, <laughs> topic for a different day. Um, no, just kidding. <laughs> but he taught me two things. Um, he taught me about fear and he taught me about guilt. And when it comes to fear, especially a failure, the biggest fear I ever had of failing something was my children, right? And every day, like, I can't sit there and worry every single day that I'm going to fail them because all, all I have to do is trust that I'm giving them so much love and like jobs that I've applied for or situations I feel myself trusting more and more who I am to the point where like when I look at these they're not failures they're literally they're literally like chances for opportunities they're learning curves for you like every single time you make a, a you're failing when you don't try because then you're not trusting yourself, right? But when you when you truly trust yourself, which goes into like what what self love really is, and just like honoring like, guess what? I tr- I trusted myself to go down the stairs today, and I fell, right? Yeah. And it was funny, but I got back up because I trust that I'm gonna be alright, and not everything's gonna work out. But it's understanding that you can do that, and like when you start to hear those voices of like, oh, you are not good enough or this isn't going to happen or I can't this is the only door that's open for me it's like going back and going no that's not true that's a piece of me that's not real you know like the real part is telling me to trust myself and love and take care and be okay and that's when you look into the future right that's when you go okay well in the future my future self will be okay regardless of what the outcome is yeah yeah like yeah what like you think about like what's the worst yeah what's the worst that could happen you failed that final what's the worst that's gonna happen all right well like like let me let me throw um uh let me throw a devil's advocate at you guys oh no he's gonna he does this devil <laughs> therapy just I love it. beware i love it <laughs> so um uh like let's say 
you're, you're going to go down these stairs and you know you're probably going to fall. And you know how you're going to react when you pick yourself back up. And I'm not saying this like in like uh, towards you because like you have a different perspective on the world than I do. But once you do fall, if, if you do go down the stairs and you do fall and uh, you can't control how embarrassed you're going to feel from it and getting you, you sure you can get yourself back up, but you know, you're never going to try again. So you might want to wait until you're ready to go down these stairs. Like, because some, for some people, embarrassment hits harder. And with, with me, embarrassment hits harder. Failure feels so much different probably towards me than you. Cause you can just brush it off and it's easy to say like, yeah, well, so can everyone just brush it off, but everyone's different. And like, as someone personally that struggles with pressure and, um, uh, anticipation and anxiety towards all of, all of doing something that um it that maybe your full potential could be if everything worked right it might be safer to play it to play it more calculated and pr- provide yourself a backup plan where you're you know you're still going to be happy and comfortable rather than whatever if you're taking like monetary successful or anything else successful like maybe your wildest dreams happen and think it might be what if it's just smarter? You know, it might be it might be different for every person. It doesn't there isn't, there isn't this one guideline of like you can do whatever you put your mind to, like not everyone can. <laughs> you can do whatever you can make yourself safe. I feel I feel like that's more important. You did say some couple things though. Yeah, I, I, I was all over the place. Like I was getting I, I was feeling the pressure and getting nervous, and I stopped. I lost. Yeah, like well, because <laughs> I'm really I, and. and I'm really, like, when you use words like always and never, that's, like, a lot of, like, black and white thinking. Mm-hmm. Because when you sit, and, and you did make a statement, like, um, I'm never going to try that again. Okay. Well, yeah, what if you know that if you fail, you're not going to try it again? But you but you can't predict the future. Okay. But you can uh, anticipate it. You can anticipate, you know, but you, you know can't. that you know that if you fail, you can anticipate the future that it's going to be a lot harder to try if you're not prepared. It's, sure, sure, but you can't like like that's one of those cognitive distortions, fortune telling. So like rather than take a leap of faith, faith, you might want to take a step of faith. You know. Yeah, yeah, and that's okay. That's okay. Like I think, but like and it's if, okay to run away. Those cognitive distortions are like that's what I w- would would challenge you is like the always and never piece. So, like, yeah, it would take a lot of a lot of training that yeah. some people might we, not be willing to do. Which it's well, that's why we have therapy, and that's why therapy only works if people are on board. Um, I think there's a lot of things that we, I think there are limitations, right? Like, um. Especially, like, I'll say my, I'm injured right now, right? Um, my doctor literally told me, like, you probably can't ski. You might not be able to dance. You cannot rollerblade. You cannot ice skate. Those things I can't do. I might not ever be able to do that. Oh, that's hard. Literally, right? Um, what? Wait, why? It's because of the muscle not mm. being there because I don't have the muscle. Now, if I do a muscle rebuild... Then there's a chance, but right now the okay. what what I'm saying is I'm limited in those things, right? Um, now, if I decide to go, okay, well, fuck it, I'm going to Vermont and I'm skiing this weekend. That to me, I might be trusting myself that everything is going to be okay, but I'm also trusting the fact that I know it's a reckless decision. Correct. You know, like it is reckless, and 
that's something that when I when I speak of like trusting yourself, it's understanding that whatever the outcome is, if your safety, if your like um, level of safety is right here, is whatever that level is for you. And then that's okay. You trust yourself to know that this is your level of safety, you know? And maybe one day in the world and realm of possibility, you might want to step out of that level of where you're at. And we all have different levels and it's okay to have that Mm -hmm. level. But it's also okay to leave it open for possibility, even if in that present moment, it's okay. And if you accept and love that present moment of like, hey, this is where I'm at and I don't want to try and do this again because I fucked it up last time, mm-hmm. that's okay. As long as you're okay with that decision and you, you're not harboring the feelings of embarrassment and you're not, not trying because you're scared, but right. you're not trying again because you, you saw it as a risk that isn't worth taking because there's a difference right because when you hold on to the fear that's when it starts to manifest in different ways but if you're doing it because you're like yeah um i tried that probably isn't the route for me i'm gonna do something else then i feel like that's perfectly okay Hey, what about the fear like because like you're you're describing like essentially like all all things like personal like personal limitations and personal like you know strength and like something like entirely your own but what about when your goals that you're reaching are based on other people mixed with yours you know where so, something you can't predict because you can't predict that where, yeah. how, how other people are going to no uh, you can't you. but you have a choice like you have a choice in the matter mm-hmm. but, but like what? for example like i'm just gonna do a personal example but like um i was trying to be a speech pathologist and i had to apply to a program get into the program then um, take classes, get straight A's, blah, blah, blah. I didn't apply to the program. Why? Because I didn't feel like I was going to get in. And so I I avoided that failure mm. and just said, nope, screw it. Because you know what that failure would do to you. I was like, I don't want this failure holding on my shoulders. So you want to know what I did? I told everybody that... I applied and didn't get in and just changed my major. But really, I never applied because I did not want to deal with that fucking failure. All right. So what if we break it down to like, uh, you know, like it is Valentine's Day coming Mm up. We break it down into love. Let's say you're in love with somebody Mm -hmm. and you don't want to put yourself out there, but you are. And um, uh, you want to take the necessary steps, but like you don't want to go as far. You know, I know there's everyone who's going to say like, yeah, well, if you don't try, you're never going to know. Go as far as what? Like to do whatever to do whatever it would take to get somebody to love you. You know, everyone always says like, you know, well, if you don't try, you're never gonna know. Yeah. But if you don't try, you're never gonna get hurt. And yeah. Maybe, maybe some people would like. It's a gambling. Would like to uh, feel feel the um rather have the question of not knowing rather than the answer of not being accepted. I think people are comfortable. I think I think you get comfortable feeling that way, but I think um, when we go deeper into what self love is and growth and evolution, like for me, I'm gonna be doing that my whole life, and it isn't the same for everyone. Like, uh, my mother was not like that. She was very like, like there was so many things that I wanted her to just like open up and like get out of the box on, and she she wouldn't do it. And for me, I saw 
her sad because of it. But I do believe that there are other people out there that are like, I'm never going on an airplane. I'm scared of them. I don't want to do it. John Madden, rest his, rest his soul. Oh. John Madden, you know John Madden is? Yeah. He was notorious for never getting on an airplane. He would go to all these things to to do all these games, but he was so afraid of flying, he would take a bus. Yeah. Like, 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 like 20 hour bus rides rather than taking a two hour flight, you know? Right. And there's a balance, right? Like, he, he was still able to exceed his expectation. Money. Well, and also success. And he worked yeah. for that success. And, That's like, true. he's like a pioneer, you know, in, in, like, the sports game, really. In all three levels of sports. Literally. Like, he did all that, you know, regardless of, um, Except for actually playing. but Regardless of his fear, right? But I do believe... In spite of his fear, not in, regardless, in spite of it. In spite of his fear. Because he, he he found a way to re- re-advert it. Exactly, and I think that there Which are that ways... Might, there might, maybe, maybe that's what we're talking about, actually. There's Fine. ways to do that, but I also think that he still limited himself. Regardless, mm. like, what if he... What but if it was he, his own personal choice to limit it, you know? Like, But he still found a way to accomplish all of his dreams... With and finding maybe that's what we maybe that's what we're talking about here is what I'm saying is like you you can maybe still have your dreams and like work around your fears. Sure, sure. It might it might be a little harder, but um uh, or maybe not maybe not harder, but like less less immediate. Yeah, there might be ways to work around. He it. still achieved his goals, but he just found ways around his fears. What if um. I what if he overcame those fears though? And that's what I yeah. And that's what I mean by the work like, um. I might die. I'm going to say might, and I'm going to knock on wood because I hope that I've achieved a lot more in my whole growth aspect. But, like, he might have needed to do more work to understand himself better and to get over those fears because a lot of fears are irrational. Some mm-hmm. fears are rational because they come from safety. And you're right. You like it goes back down to like feeling safe and you know and understanding what safety means. But if but, ra- if like if rational fears are gonna break you, then like I don't I don't understand the point of putting yourself through it. I under, I guess I mean I haven't really put myself through that. I know? think it I think it just a you, I'm a big believer on meeting people where they're at. If you want to be scared for the rest of your life. And sit in that comfortable thing, but also not pushing yourself out of your box, then do it. But um, if you you believe on growth, like self self love, self growth, and all of that, then it is going to encompass some uncomfortable feelings. Yeah, maybe my love language is fear. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I think that your love language is perfectly happy where you are, and that is okay. And that's and th- and that's the point. It's perfectly fine where you're at. It doesn't matter. But I, mm-hmm. I I just believe that when we have fears and when we're scared of particular failures or things that we can't control per se, um, we do hold ourselves back, and that's okay. If someone wants to hold themselves back. Mm-hmm. It's fine to do that, but it's not saying that there isn't a fear for you to overcome. Yeah. You know, and it's just like trying to figure that out. But that's all a balance. And Absolutely. I'm a big believer, and I do it in my job. I do it in my life is you meet people where they're at. They may, ne- they may never be ready to push themselves out of their comfort zone, and that's their choice. But I think that when we think about, like, our life – are, are we trying to be this 
line are we trying to grow and develop? And as everyone's choice. Depends on how comfortable you are how comfortable you are with your line. I guess, yeah. I love my line. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. If people are comfortable with their line of comfort. But you know, it will change as the mm-hmm. timeline goes on. Maybe I'll be less comfortable with it, you know, and then I'm gonna do what you know, I don't I don't need it to go so much higher to be happy. You know, I'm I'm like at my happiness line. It's not about happiness, it's about like development and self growth. Well that's what isn't that like what life's about is try probably probably being happy and making other people's around you happy. Like it should, I mean, it should yeah. be about like Yeah, life is about happiness, but I think it's about other things higher, too. But if you push the line higher, then when you're in sadder it's gonna feel even worse. I guess know? but I also be about meeting in the middle. I, your definition of life is happiness? Probably, yeah. I think life is happiness yeah. and sadness. Well, yeah, there has and to be that. It, it's, it's, it, so it's about harmony, like the ups and the downs. Like it's about making, like that's what that's what a perfect pitch is, you know, like the perfect wavelength up and down, right? Rather than one's up or one's lower, you know. It's that, yeah. perfect, it's that perfect pitch. Yeah. So finding your line and doing it. Like there are times where I can be happier. There's times where I can be sadder. But as long as I'm still hovering around that median and when you understand that piece of who you are i think that's a big indicator of self-love when you know your love you know you know your level we just killed it you guys we just gave listeners what they wanted to hear is there any is there any is there another question on there um there's plenty but i do know (laughs) that like joe rogan loves the fuck out of himself and i'm down oh yeah we have have like we have like 10 minutes left but we should talk about joe rogan real quick talk about joe rogan there's only one question that's not that important so um uh you've been guys been falling around the joe rogan shit hell yeah no how do you feel about it ashley um let me think well, basically, Joe Rogan has um, uh, been uh, es- like essentially canceled, um, uh, right, rightfully so. But um, uh, he he's been around for so long, and I stopped listening to him a long time ago. At an episode of Adam Conover w- was on, and uh, he started talking like really anti-trans stuff, and I wasn't feeling it, so I stopped. And then he's been exclusively on Spotify, and everyone's now just saying stuff about him which is a little weird with the timeline of everything's happening because all the stuff they're bringing up is stuff from the past that i didn't fucking know about but what are they bringing up like um he i think he has the record for saying uh the n-word on podcasts oh um he is said a lot of anti-trans stuff he's laughed at a lot of rape jokes you know and he is the biggest podcaster in the world right now and uh, and he was most notably oh recently he just like had someone on that was a podcaster that was spewing a bunch of misinformation about vaccines oh and uh this one podcast that i do listen to called science versus where they do like a scientific breakdown of everything that is also owned by spotify said they're stopping putting episodes out except for episodes disproving the stuff that um uh, uh joe rogan has put put out and they just released an episode on the guy he interviewed about his uh, vaccine things. And you can listen to the whole thing. It's great. I, I love when he's like, when she's this Australian woman that's just funny and does these stupid puns. But, like, they have all these references for their scientific stuff. And they interview scientists and whatnot and go through everything. And um, uh, the question is, like, you know, people are making it into a question about free speech and whatnot. And th- that's fine. But someone with Joe Rogan's influence and control over 
like you know the media essentially the new age media um it's dangerous i think it's very dangerous for him to put this information out that's not fucking real and it's anecdotally picked out for certain parts of a study it's not scientifically accurate it's tricky too because like i'm gonna do my little devil's advocate for a minute not knowing anything about this story joe rogan saying a lot of offensive shit okay what about like all the musicians that are saying offensive shit what about all the actors that are saying offensive shit what's happening to them well the thing is about them is they don't have the big of reach as joe rogan does like they don't they don't have the they don't have the ability to change the public opinion like joe rogan does like kid rock i know like kid rock is like making a big fuss about like i will not have my concert if the kids or not the kids but if the people have to wear masks or have to be vaccinated that's fine that's a personal choice it's not he's not spreading misinformation about it okay okay so this person is that's an argument about personal freedom it's not an argument about conspiracy theories and what's oh so he's doing well and i mean doesn't kanye west do all weird conspiracy theory shit i don't know i don't know i just feel like there's he's a podcaster and he reaches a lot of people and you know he says a lot of misinformation but so do all the other celebrities right they started with um that one woman that started the anti-vax movement also, um, this podcast was supposed to end, but I'm going to push it back a little bit. It's fine. I'm like, well. Because we haven't heard Ashley's retort yet. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, I literally have the completely opposite opinion. <laughs> um, I love Joe Rogan, and I wanted to see him during the pandemic. Unfortunately, it was canceled. Uh, that's how much I love Joe Rogan. I love his podcast. Um I admire his apology, um, and I do believe that you have to be held accountable, right, when you're in a certain limelight. You have to be. So, like, what you might have said in the past, or what I might have said in the past, doesn't really have merit if there's only, let's say on the, of the podcast, if there's four listeners. But if there's 100,000, then you got to watch what you say a little bit more. You have to watch who you're talking about. And, like, pay attention to your audience. I definitely think he needs to be held accountable for that. I don't believe everything that CNN says. I think CNN spews bullshit sometimes. And they have a way larger, like, interface Mm -hmm. than Joe Rogan does. And I'll give you an example. Do they, though? I'll give you an example. Rachel Maddow, I think it was Rachel Maddow, like, last year said about the vaccine... If you are vaccinated, you will not get sick. She she told people that. That was mm-hmm. information that was wrong. That was wrong information because you can still get COVID if you are vaccinated. Right? And the point would be, while she didn't know that people couldn't get sick, or people could still get sick, right? That That's probably the argument, you know, maybe she just didn't know. Well... Maybe some of the misinformation that Joe Rogan's speaking on, he isn't knowing, and he's effectively just trying to learn through it and walk through it and talk with people and get a better understanding of what's going on. I don't think he should be canceled. I don't believe in cancel culture at all. I don't believe in censorship. Well, cancel culture is not really real. It's just like kind of a word we say, but anyone that ever has got canceled just gets more famous. So it's not real cancel culture. It's more of like... People from the left get mad at you now. Do they get more famous, though? So then Joe Rogan's podcast 
should not be the if you don't want to listen to them don't listen to them and if people want to listen to them then they should have every right in our country mm. by law to listen to him yeah. and, and, if, and no one no one is stopping that the, the the question is should spotify host them why not why if th- that is a question why not if if people if people <laughs> well want, because the, the like like the podcast I just referenced, Science Versus, isn't releasing any new episodes until they update their terms of, of, of use policy where you can't do that stuff. Like, it's more about... It's, it's, cancel culture is more about um, the, the, these gigantic platforms and, you know, the left-wing progressive side of things not viewing them. So basically, like, affecting the dollar. Yeah. Like, like our... Because like, cancel culture is... The only, there's only one person that's been canceled, actually, so far, and she's not even really canceled... And it was Kathy Griffin for holding the t- Trump hat. No, who, there who was. Al- who else has got canceled that did that isn't still making a bunch of money? There was like that one, like co- James Franco was kind of canceled. There was that one. There cook was not really an too. outrage of James Franco though. That was that was that was more of a Seth Rogen saying I'm not making movies with you anymore, which is Seth Rogen's personal choice, right? So he got canceled legitimately, like you know, not 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 just this faux outrage thing. There was a cook. There was like a cook or something. Paula Deen. Paula Deen, yeah. She got canceled for sure. She definitely got canceled. But yeah. like this, it's still it, like what? What do? You, what do you mean by canceled? Like it's not. It, it's just. It's just people that are hosting these big networks choosing something. So it's their choice, right? So the cancel culture is not a real thing. It's just. It's just. It's, it's an, just something the right wing but, uses to like. Okay. Shit on what people that are saying offensive things that the left wing doesn't want to listen to and wants to get outraged, and it's it, it is our right as Americans to get outraged if, by bullshit. If someone chooses to um exclude someone because they don't want to hear what they have to say because it's not the same as them mm-hmm. that's wrong it's not bull if someone wants so, to so say it's, so it's so it's wrong to not listen to joe rogan if you don't want to because you don't want to hear what he has to say it's wrong to not allow other people yeah, to censor it. it so it's wrong censor for it. so so then basically what you're what you're saying is that spotify should be controlled by the government because that should be controlled like, because Spotify is an entity themselves, you know. Like, they, like, why, like, you think that they should be forced to have Joe Rogan on their platform, even if they don't want to ha- hear what they have to say? Uh, would would they have not wanted to hear what he had to say if there wasn't like this outrage and Neil Young and all these people decided to make a little hissy fit about it? So, what if <laughs> if the other people that decided that they didn't want to be a part of this platform then, that said that said something they don't want to say, they shouldn't be. You saying Neil Young shouldn't be allowed to? remove his music from his from from spotify or the podcasts that i listen to that have been removing their stuff from spotify they shouldn't be allowed to because it affects what everyone else wants to hear yeah so i'm just saying cancel culture is not a real thing i think it's a bitch move that's what i think if you don't want to listen to someone just choose not to listen to them neil long neil young if people want to listen to neil young's music go on and listen listen to neil young if people want to listen to joe rogan and some of the people that he's had on his podcast are people from CNN, are doctors. Yeah, Bernie Sanders was on it. A lot of people, they Podcasters have... Podcasters that I love were on it. A lot of people have been on his show. And so now you want to cancel all these people that might actually want to have just like a great conversation right. and spread great knowledge. Where it, like in my ideal world, it would just be like, don't listen to them, right? Like you, you know, and yes... I hear you. Spotify has a choice, but where is that choice coming from? It's coming from their money. 
I guess, and I'm going to, can we relate it to like another, like another show? Like I, for some reason, Ellen's coming in my head or like Oprah or whatever. Like mm. they've done, like a lot of people don't like the decisions they've made. I'm 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 aware. I'm 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 saying cancel culture. But isn't they real. still have shows. It's just like it's just like a it's just like a verb that that means you're getting kicked off of a platform because it's affecting their bottom line. Okay, so here's my question. Um, right wing is really, I, and I don't want to say anti-trans, right? Because I think there's more to it. Um, I think that there are a lot of parents and a lot of people that have conservative views when it comes to their children, when it comes to medical procedures when it comes to those things do they have a right to on their platforms when they have places of leadership and when they're holding positions of power to say we're not going to talk about this we're not going to openly um invite it it, acknowledge it do they have the right to do that yes i'm not i'm not trying to, to like tell everyone they don't have the right to say things i'm saying if i have a choice in the matter of listening to them and and uh, choosing a platform that's going to host that, then I might choose differently. And I have a right to choose differently. And so does the masses and the large majority of people that agree with me do also. Right. You have a choice, and that's great. And I and mm. for the right wing, they have their choice, and too. And so do the companies that host these platforms. They have a choice, too. That's why Ellen, Ellen got shit on because she was a bitch and uh, like was really mean to all of her people that were, were working for her. But doesn't then, she still have a job? Yes, of course she does. But like, but like the the network that hosts her can see that this is affecting like the viewership, you know, and whatnot. And they're they're still allowed to kick them off. Like, cancel culture is arguing that people should be forced to be on all of these platforms, which is a government thing. If you're going to force somebody to do anything, which is something the right wing is completely against, because they're not against big or they are against big government, but they're arguing for big government. Like they're arguing that they're arguing that like essentially they're arguing that Joe Rogan shouldn't be removed from Spotify and that Spotify should be forced to keep Joe Rogan on it when Spotify should have the choice and they haven't removed Joe Rogan um, because Joe Rogan still is making them a bunch of money but they're going to have to change all these other things like their policy and how Joe Rogan's going to react because they're they're going they're going to have to change who's on Joe Rogan's podcast talking about bullshit that's not real. Um, and Joe Rogan's going to comply because of the money that he makes from doing this. And I think that's, that's perfectly okay in the American legal system, unless you want bigger government controlling, unless you want like a, a corporate media. But we do have a corporate media. I'm sorry, a governmental media, not corporate. I think we do. We just don't. I hope I don't get in trouble on this podcast for saying this, but I think the government has a pretty big influence. I think politicians have big influence on those decisions either way. Um, I think it's the other way around. I think it's about the global or the American zeitgeist that makes the decisions on what's going to happen. Like the majority of people don't want Joe Rogan on there right now. And that's what Spotify is going to listen to is the majority of people. Because the majority of other media sources are liberal and those liberal resources are they i mean liberal liberal and uh right wing are different left wing i'll say left wing but borderline liberal but i'll I'll say most things are centrist i'll say really because i don't see cnn that way cnn is extremely centrist in, in my opinion they they are they are the reason that bernie sanders didn't get a fair 
chance and that everyone coalesced around Joe Biden. Um, and they're the reason that there's not more progressive movements in the world because it, it's not even not even them. It's just the popular opinion is afraid of socialism. So that's what sells. That's what gets clicks. Well, why... That's what that's what they write articles. That's what they do segments on the show about because they want people to watch the shit. People, like I don't watch Fox News because it fucking pisses me off, but it also makes a lot of people happy and makes them money it's all capitalism is about money and where it's coming from and how you're getting it and how to keep it growing exponentially i hate capitalism i do too that's the that's the biggest flaw in all of this um i do believe that that is the biggest flaw because and it's impossible to get around without like a general strike Right, but I mean, if that's the the case, then then it's like the only reason. So I guess like, the Spotify's only making this decision based off of money. They're yeah. not making this decision because, and the they more- are making it's entirely true. Do you do you not agree with that? That they're making it off of money. Yeah, I know they're I know they're making this decision off of money. Mm-hmm. However, in our country, in our world, in our life, if we emphasize and we support and become proponents of making decisions based off of money, then we are effectively entrapping ourselves in a fucked up ass system even more. Yeah. And that, and I think that's where well, part of Well, the thing is, that... we are, like me and you, like you want to listen to Joe Rogan still, I don't want to anymore. We're not making our decisions off of money. We're making it off of our personal choice. But the majority, if Joe Rogan does leave Spotify, it's going to be because the majority believes in me. If he stays, it's going to be the majority believes in you or whoever makes the most money. You know, it's not... Money is based off a of popular opinion. But the whoever makes the most money is influencing the decisions that you have and the decisions that I have. Because the information that we get, everything you look up on Google, everything you look up on Facebook, every news outlet mm-hmm. well, has the, a bias. For those who to don't it. don't vet their sources, you know, like I choose to believe in science and uh you know, the certain people I trust, which I guess you could say are based off of money, but I mean I mean I am a rare entity that uh, gets all of my fucking shit from different podcasts I trust, which I guess could be, you know, one of them, the one, the science versus is owned by Spotify, but I think it's noble of them to go against Spotify and uh, like actually go and interview scientists and like, you know, I don't know why we don't listen to scientists more, but like if you didn't, if you just watch that movie, don't look up like this is the world we live in. This is everything's going to be based on like fucking. What was that? What was that movie about? Oh my gosh! Don't look up is so good. We, we don't. And... We, we don't have enough time because we have to end this. I know, and I cannot wait to get into another discussion about science with you. <laughs> until I come back to Detroit, beautiful <laughs> listeners, <laughs> all those listeners, we gotta do our little. We gotta do our. Uh, little... To all the listeners out there, Amanda does have a frolic of friends in a forest somewhere that are small children <laughs> that build snowmen. Some of them may or may not be actually snowmen. Don't forget to submit your questions to the Love Doctor. You can text Nick your questions or show up to our party and write your question on a piece of paper. We will be sure to ask them in our next segment next month or we might not because we might have other more important things to talk yeah, about. Yeah, because Amanda might not want to come on the podcast for a while. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I like to make my... I like it to be rare and special. Well, um, uh, yeah, um, uh, Russia's uh, encroaching in on Ukraine. Uh, even though Emmanuel Macron just went there and uh, Russia said they weren't doing anything and now Russia's ships are sailing towards Ukraine for a um, uh, like a, a military exercise. So 
you know, we also have all of this to look forward to. Stuff we couldn't cover during this uh, segment that was half about self-love and half about Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe Rogan self-love. We don't follow and no Spotify rules. We don't follow no rules. We do what we want. <laughs> but anyways, guys, um, uh, thank you for coming onto the podcast. Um, Ashley, is there anywhere we can find you, follow you, and is there anything you want to promote? Oh, gosh. I don't want to promote, but if you want to get any info on any of my social media, go through Beautiful Nicholas or The Love Doctor, whom we don't know who her real name is. So that's a great way to do that. Um, Amanda, I'm sure there's nothing you want anywhere to find you or follow you, but is there anything you want to promote? Um, Just Wordle. I, I, I lost. I didn't get it right. So, yeah. That, that. Oh, and also a little sidebar. I am working on becoming a doula and definitely want to promote that so I can help other women go through their birth process. There we go. She's a midwife. <laughs> You can find me at Nick Wagella on Instagram and on Twitter. You can follow me on Facebook at Nick Wagella. Please uh, rate us podcast five stars on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Uh, remember, it's more important to listen to somebody else than it is for them to listen to you. And thank you for splitting six with us. This is episode 192. Next week, we have the five-year anniversary podcast with Brian Nyson. Be sure to tune in. We will recap the Super Bowl, probably talk about the Oscars, and probably talk about politics, but Brian won't know anything. Love you guys.